We're gonna we're gonna do a handful of verses tonight. It's gonna be a little different. I can tell you where we'll start. We're gonna be moving. We're gonna start First Timothy chapter four. We'll start. Like I said, I'm thankful for God's word. I'm glad that uh, God's word is bigger than we are. And, uh, so that uh, that's because God's bigger than we are. And and I know sometimes we we want to understand every bit of it, but there are parts of it we just don't understand. And there are parts of it we just uh, I don't know if we choose to ignore it or we lessen it or we excuse it or what. But uh, you know, one of the things I I try to do in my life as best as I can is. Is take the verses I like and take the ones I don't, you know, and uh, uh, and try to live according to God's will as close as I can. Uh, one day I'm glad the flesh will be gone, aren't you? I, I'm glad one day we're going to be glorified. Uh, this old, this uh, uh, everything's uh, everything hit by the curse in this body will be gone one day, and we'll be with Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that. But we're going to start, like I said, First Timothy four one. Uh, I'll read it. Uh, and then pray, and then we'll get into what I want to uh, cover tonight. But it says this, 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Lord, we thank you so much for your word tonight. Thank you for a chance to come in to your house. And Lord, I, I thank you for your wisdom and your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be able to dig into your word tonight. Lord, go a little deeper. And Lord, we pray uh, that you would help us to see the truth. Lord, help us to live by it and to, to preach it and to teach it. Lord, we thank, thank you for all things. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit tonight that will help teach and guide us. Uh, in all righteousness, Lord, we thank you for uh, everything tonight, and in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Amen. So one of the questions I get asked very often uh, when I tell someone I'm a free will Baptist or tell someone God that I uh, pastor a free will Baptist church or name free will Baptist or whatever, uh, they, they always ask the same thing. What's the difference? They ask, what, what is the difference? What do you believe that we don't and, or, or I don't or whoever doesn't? And that's hard to ask right off the bat if you don't know what the other person believes. Uh, but usually when you're talking uh, to a Baptist, some form of a Baptist, usually we believe in almost every single thing. We believe in the same things, almost 99% of it. But the one thing that comes up, this is the thing that comes up over and over again, it seems like, is whether somebody can lose their salvation. And I don't preach on it a whole lot. Uh, I know it's something that divides. It's something that, uh, you know, I've got close brothers and sisters in Christ where we differ on this. But uh, guess what? It doesn't change our relationship. Uh, I preach at their church. They preach here. Uh, it's just one of those things that I, I believe is a small thing. Uh, I believe that uh, because we agree on how to get saved. We agree that salvation is by faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. We we, we don't, uh, you don't get saved by works. You don't keep your salvation by works. Uh, we all preach Jesus Christ. We, we preach and teach you need to walk by faith. You need to grow closer to the Lord. Get as close to Jesus as possible. Flee from the world. Flee temptation. Not dabbling in sin. Not staying in continual sin. But serve the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you put all those things together. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot that we believe. Uh, and uh, so, so then the question again comes up. Why are, why are we different? Or why is there a difference of belief? Uh, and, and first, before we get into that, I want to start out by 
The Bible clearly talks about, when it talks about salvation, it is clear that it creates a relationship with Jesus Christ that is to last for eternity. It is an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's designed to last beyond just this life. It has to last beyond this life or it's not really salvation. Uh, and Jesus said uh, in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Uh, and not only that, when we're saved, but we get the Holy Spirit. And that's a wonderful thing. We get the comforter that will abide with us forever. And he dwells in us. That comes from John 14, 16 and 17. Uh, and that Holy Spirit continually tells us about Jesus, draws us close to him and, 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 and convicts when we need to and, 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 and tries to get us back into the right path and teaches us these things. But John uh, 10, 28 reinforces this by saying that not only believers shall never perish, but it goes further and says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Uh, so we see these verses that, that uh, talk about salvation and demonstrate that it's eternal. Uh, and, and these are, there's so many more verses. I'm just picking a few of those, but those are easier to find because uh, our view on this little topic would definitely be in the minority. But one thing I don't believe that the Bible supports is that our salvation is so fragile that you commit one sin and you lose your salvation. I don't believe that because uh, here's the thing. Anyone that does must not believe that they sin very often or they'd be in trouble. Yeah. I don't know about you. I sin every day and throughout the day. And, yeah. and there are there are sins that I should stop doing, but I continue to do. There are things that uh, by this point in my Christian walk, you would think that I... That I would not, but still it happens. Uh, but this doesn't, on the flip side, doesn't give any Christian a license to sin freely. Right? It was strongly condemned by the Apostle Paul, Romans 6, 1 and 2. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. But it also doesn't lessen the severity, the consequences of our sins. There are numerous warnings uh, and, and dangers of sin. And we know this. And Jesus told people over and over again, go and sin no more. Yeah. So I want to I want to look at some verses tonight that uh, when I'm asked the question, here's what I give to kind of challenge and, and I'm not trying to convince anyone to change their beliefs. But what I am trying to do is make sure uh, that any doctrine that you uh, that you or I come up with about God or anything, it has to match the Bible and it has to match every verse in the Bible. Amen. See, this is what I find a lot of times. If if I get my verses and you get your verses and, and, and we have the ones that support each side. What about the other ones? To me, if unless you're taking it out of context, uh, unless you're not interpreting it right, unless you're taking something really complex and, and, and trying to turn it into something it's not, or where a lot of people will take a single verse and do a whole doctrine off that, uh, that's snake handling, by the way. One verse at the end of Mark, and they run with that. that. There's nowhere else in the Bible, and I don't think it means what they think it means. And there are times where we just don't know what certain passages are, but those aren't the one verses that I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about plain verses that tell us several things. So we would have to take these into account 
If, if we're uh, going against or, or if we're saying that, hey, the, the belief that you believe, Mike, I don't believe the Bible supports it, then I would say, okay, we have to consolidate all of our verses together and it would include these. First Timothy 4.1, we read it tonight. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It says right here, some uh, Paul is warning Timothy that some shall depart from the faith. There's a group that's going to desert. They're going to walk away. Uh, they're going to withdraw themselves, however you want to word it. But it is saying, hey, there's a group that wasn't uh, with the faith and they have walked away. They have left the faith. So it's talking about people uh, uh, that, that aren't going to continue but reject the faith. Uh, so they once heard about the faith. They trusted in the faith. They believed in the faith. They were walking in the faith and they departed from the faith. And that faith, when it's talking about it in this context, it's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They put their trust in Jesus for salvation at one point, and then they walked away from it. And some people will tell you that's impossible. I've heard it said before. They say, there's nothing I can do. Well, I don't understand this verse and some verses like it. And that's the danger is when we, we, we say something concrete in the Bible, not every single verse would go with it. Then we've got a problem here. I believe just as we voluntarily accepted Christ, someone could voluntarily reject Christ and walk away. I don't know why they would do it. It's the most foolish thing ever. And again, it's not designed for that. He doesn't design someone to do that. But if you take the true faith that comes from the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for forgiveness of sin, you take that belief and you replace it with something else. I believe you have done what the last part of the verse says. You have gave, you are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And Paul is warning Timothy. He said, hey, you have got to warn all believers of this. Right, Pastor Timothy, you've got to preach it and live it knowing that there's this danger. Also in Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made a shipwreck. And again, these verses kind of go together. And it's not, uh, again, somebody will ask me, do you believe that you can lose your salvation like you lose your car keys? No. No, it's not a losing thing. It's a putting away. It's a departing. It is a choice. They're saying, I don't want Jesus anymore. And I'm going to replace it with something else. Again, I don't know why somebody would do that, but we know people that have. We know people that have had. They trade the truth in for a lie. Jesus for false religion. And there is a danger with that. And what's he saying in both of these? He's saying, hey, uh, uh, well, in this one, he says, you've got to hold the faith in a good conscience. Hold on to it. Don't walk away. Don't put it away. Don't depart from it. Hebrews 3.12, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Again, take heed, beware. It's possible to do what? To depart from the faith. That's what he's saying. This is a warning, uh, the departure, an evil heart of unbelief. And it sounds like he's talking to the lost right here. But he starts out with take heed, brethren, lest any of you an evil heart of unbelief. He's saying, hey, he's talking. Talking to the church yet again right here to Christians. He's saying, hey, uh, take heed, beware. This is a danger. And these are warning verses that we see right here. 
And as I said before, that first sin is not going to send you to hell. Uh, but the more you sin willingly and, and I sin willingly, the more we have unconfessed sin, undealt with sin, the greater the danger is that we will uh, at a later time depart from him. That's why the next verse has the has what to do instead. It says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. He's saying, hey, you can we continue in sin. It will start to deceive us and we will start to believe the lie. And some people will walk away because of it. That's what he's saying. Take heed, brethren, lest any of you. An evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living of God. You know what that tells me? The best way to protect ourselves is God's word. The truth always, always is the best protection against false religion, false beliefs, and and thinking that sin is okay. There are people today that believe sin is alright. Christians today, they 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 they've caught onto this belief that God doesn't care how you live, and it's deceptive and it's dangerous. Yeah, because it will lead to the same thing. If sin is okay, you don't need Jesus Christ, the sin bearer, right? Why, why would you need someone to pay for your sins if, you, if he's okay with sin? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. So you, you talk about, uh, so we, these are a couple verses that are talking about departing. And, and here's the thing. If it's not possible, then why are there, I, again, I take it three of these verses that are clear that talk about walking away, departing from the faith, uh, uh, departing from the living God. So we know it's a possibility. So now let's let's look about the verses. Uh, let's talk about the per- perseverance of the saints. Uh, uh, so First uh, Timothy four sixteen. We're going to go back to chapter four down in sixteen. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Remember, Paul's talking to Timothy, the young pastor, and he gives that warning for Timothy himself and for the people and for the church to continue in true doctrine. And this warning is by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, right? That's Paul's writing uh, that somebody could replace true doctrine with false doctrine. That's not the design of the church. That's not the design of a Christian, but there is a danger there. And he's saying, hey, you've got to continue in what's true. Continue in it. You can't quit. You can't trade in that belief with something else. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Paul Paul was telling Timothy, there's a danger not just for the church, Timothy, but there's a danger for you. Yeah. And if Paul was warning Timothy, I think that warning's for all of us. All of us. That we could walk away from the true doctrine of Jesus Christ and not continue in it. There's a danger there. So you're saying, okay, you're doing a lot of Paul tonight. Well, John 8, 31 and 32. We'll just see what Jesus has to say on the subject. John 8, 31. Then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus is talking to Jews, but not all the Jews, not every Jew. He's talking to a specific group of Jews that believed on Jesus Christ. So they had traded uh, the false, uh, the old false ways. Uh, they, they, they thought they could follow the law and keep it, but 
but they never could. And that, that they realized that. They realized they were centered. They realized that just being Abraham's seed wasn't enough. Just following a few rules wasn't enough because you had to perfectly follow all the law. And they turned to Jesus Christ in faith the same way we would. Uh, and, but Jesus is warning them, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. Why? I believe there was a danger for those Jews especially to turn right back, right? Turn back to the ritual, turn back to the law, turn back to all those things. In fact, uh, there's several warnings in, in the New Testament that, to churches saying, hey, we're not going, remember the Judaizers, we're not going back to that because it wasn't, we couldn't, we couldn't fulfill it anyway. That's what they were saying. We couldn't follow the law. We couldn't keep it. So why do we think now that we're saved, we can go back and keep it? No, we can't. And he said, there's a danger that you go back. Acts 13, 39 says, And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. And what the warning here was to those Jews, he said, Hey, if you turn back to your religion, you are abandoning the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that's the same as any of these false uh, religions that use the name of Jesus, you know, that, that say, oh, we're, we're kind of the same. And they borrow some of the same words and everything else, you know, Mormons and some of the other ones, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that uh, they borrow some things and they act like Jesus was good. And, you know, they, 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 they'll keep some of the stuff that they like, uh, but it's always Jesus plus something else. And then what that means is you don't need the cross. Because the something else always wins over Jesus Christ, right? It's, it's, it usually comes down to works. And that was their problem. If they went back from salvation in Jesus back to works, he says, you're not continuing in it. You're not a disciple. And you're walking away from the truth. And you're walking away from the freedom in that. And again, I think that, uh, I, although this was to those Jews that believed, I believe any of us could fall into that. Any of us, maybe we don't turn Jewish, but you turn to any of the works-based religions and this, the same thing would happen. Let's see Jesus again. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Matthew 10, 22. Jesus is talking to his disciples in this one. He's telling them about the future of what would happen. Matthew 10, 22. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And we could stop right there and say amen right there. Yeah. Uh, and ye shall be. This is coming up in the future. You shall be hated of all men for my sake. Jesus' name's sake. Uh, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Jesus telling those disciples persecution is going to come. You're going to get delivered up into councils. You're going to be scourged. You're going to be made to testify. Uh, the families are going to betray each other. He goes through all those things and finally gets to verse 22. And he says, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Why would Jesus say that at the end? Why would Jesus put that at the end of the verse if there was an absolute guarantee? He wouldn't say that. So that, this is the problem. You get to these verses and this, and again, I, I don't want you to uh, just to drop your old beliefs. I don't want you to do that. I want you to look at some of these things in the verses that are clear and ask, why are they there? Why are they there? What's he saying? And, and then sometimes you get into certain things and you got people that will tie themselves into knots to try to explain it. But is Jesus being, uh, I, th I think he's being plain in some of these places. I don't believe it's an empty warning. 
one more spot when we talk about the church and what Jesus said to them. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. Revelation 3.11. So, uh, and chapters 2 and 3 are the letters to the churches. Uh, you know, the, those churches that were real, they, they got letters uh, from the Apostle John, but it was really Jesus speaking. They're all in red uh, and he letters to each one. And by the time we get to Philadelphia, Jesus has nothing but good things to say to Philadelphia, to that church. They were a working church. They kept the word. He says that twice. They didn't deny the name of Jesus Christ. They resisted anything that wasn't the truth. And then Jesus says this to them in Revelation 3.11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. He's saying, don't you let go of that truth. You are guarding it right now. Uh, you have it. You, uh, you, you are resisting anything that's false. But I want you to continue in the time to come before I come back that you hold fast to that truth. You don't let go. You hide it in your heart. You live by it. You teach it because the devil wants nothing more than to destroy a church like Philadelphia. He wants to get rid of them. Uh, he wants them to trade true belief for false belief. That's what he wants. And Jesus himself is saying, you hold on to that truth and you don't let go. That no man take that crown. And he wants to destroy churches. And if he's successful, you know how he'll destroy a church? He'll do it one soul at a time. And you know how he'll do that one soul at a time? He'll do one false belief. And if he can get someone to err from the truth with something false, he can drive a wedge. And that's what he wants to do. Yeah. That, and that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, until I come back, you hold on to the truth. You don't let go. And again, in this part, we see warnings and we see instructions. Continue in my word, right? Endure to the end. Hold fast, which thou hast. These three from Jesus telling us to continue and not stop and not change. But not only that, I think that. It's possible for someone to abandon the faith and replace it with something that's false. Yeah. But I think there's also a possibility of restoration. Now, I don't understand all. I don't have all the answers, but I will point you to James 5:19 and 20. And in James 5:19 and 20, it, it talks about a possibility for restoration. It says this, brethren, if any of you again. Err, do err from the truth, and one convert him. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. These two verses are tricky right here. These are hard. Because in our minds, we have something in our head. But he starts out, he says, brethren, that's the church, whatever it said. And then he says, you, right after that, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know who the converted one, the one that erred from the truth, the one that was a brethren, that he uh, which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. So somehow in these two verses, you've got someone that goes from a brethren to a sinner back to a brethren again I don't have all the answers but I see it and here's the goal the goal is not because the danger is people say well Mike how close can I get to where I'm departing and that's not what you need yeah what you need is how close can you get to Jesus 
So you don't have to worry about departing. Right? right? So it's not a danger. I mean, it's, there are warnings here. But if you stick close to Jesus. And if you get into his word. And if we pray and we trust God and we serve God, there is no danger of these things. But it's when we start to turn other ways, when we start to turn blind eyes to sin, there are dangers. And again, my goal wasn't to change your mind tonight, but my goal is whatever you believe. And this is for the the recording as well, uh, that every single verse has to match. Here's the thing I've had to do in my life. Because again, the beliefs I've shared aren't the majority when it comes to Baptists. The beliefs we have, it's not the majority. And there are, we've got people that will disagree with us, and that's okay. There might be people tonight that disagree, and that's, that's all right. It's not something that we divide, we disfellowship over, or anything like that. Uh, this is not a belief where we would, you know, it's just like, at, at, you know, during the rapture, the rapture, at what point of the tribulation? We can argue about that, and I'm not going to disfellowship over that, because I don't know everything when it comes to the future. It's hard. It's hard to get into that prophecy. But here's the thing. What I would do is if you disagree with me, you take these verses and don't get a con. Here's the worst thing you can do, because I've had to do this myself with verses that disagree with what I believe, is get all of them together. And instead of going to a commentary or something that will agree with me, I put that aside and get something that disagrees with me. And then I go to the Lord. Amen. And I pray to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help here. Because somehow salvation is eternal. But you can depart. Right? Somehow it's no man can pluck you out of his hand. Yet there are people that haven't continued in the faith. Right? Somehow. So really where I've had to land Salvation's eternal, and there's a danger of walking away. Yeah, I think it's a balance. Yeah. I think it's a balance. Again, salvation's not so fragile that you commit a sin and then you're done. And, and I'll even go as far as to say, people I've heard people say, if you end your life on a sin, you're done. That's the same thing. There's no difference there. If we're truly saved, He saved all our sins, right? It's got to be all, and it's got to be future sin. Now, if you commit sin after you're saved, you can't ignore it. We don't have a license to sin. you got to deal with that yeah. before it deals with you Amen. and gets you off track. I think what happens is we've tried to oversimplify some things, and the Bible is bigger than that because God is bigger than that. But the reason why I can still preach at these other churches and they preach here is because in the end... We're actually preaching and teaching the same thing. How to get saved is the same thing. And how to live a Christian life is the same thing. Get as close to God as you can. Right? And then in the end, I say they've departed. And the other side says they were never saved. Either way, they're going to hell. Yeah, It's just different language. Different language. But my thing is, why do I believe this way? there are a whole lot of verses of warnings and everything else. Now I've had to myself take them all together and I've had to challenge my belief and it's hard when you grow up and you've heard the same thing 
growing up are almost the same thing your whole life. It's hard to set aside those biases or whatever you want to call it. It's, it, it's hard to do that. But what I've had to do is ask God, and I don't want to preach the wrong thing. I don't want to teach the wrong thing. Right. And I know on a personal level where I have landed is this. I'm preaching to people that are going to stand before Jesus Christ one day. And if I tell somebody that's flirting with sin and that's flirting with false belief and everything else, that there's a danger of walking away and there wasn't, all I've done is made their wrong way of living uncomfortable and they'll be in heaven with us. Right? But on the other side, if I never tell someone there's a possibility of departing, they do and I was wrong they're in hell and that's why I can't I've got to preach it all and again I, I, my goal is not so where people find the line and get as close as they can no right. my goal is to get as close to Jesus Christ Amen. that's what he wants in our life so hopefully that helped you again I, I don't, I'm not here to pick fights or anything else and we can talk about it further if you want to uh, I, I like talking about it. I, uh, I like challenging things that challenge me and others, especially if you're someone that digs into the word a lot. Uh, it, it, that's a blessing to me. I like that. I like challenge. Uh, uh, Brooks, um, grandpa, before he passed away, him and I used to have some great conversations about the Bible. And there was a couple areas him and I didn't agree on. I liked it. I liked those conversations. Uh, I liked the ones where we agreed too, but I liked those ones where we didn't because we were challenging each other uh, in the word. And a lot of times, I'd give him a verse or two. He'd give me a verse or two. We go back and we look at it deeper. Say, you know what? I want to look at that. I want to dig deeper. So, and that's my goal is for us to dig deeper in the Lord. And, and uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, I know that I'm saved. And I'm not keeping my salvation because I'm coming to church every night. Right. Because I'm still being yeah. the pastor or anything else. I'm keeping my salvation because I'm still trusting in the same Jesus Christ yeah. I started with. Yeah. I'm not replacing it with Muhammad or anyone else. Right. I hope nobody does, but I think there are that do. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you that it is continued, continuing to challenge us, Lord. And, and I'm glad that we can still uh, dig into it and draw close to you. And Lord, I pray uh, that if anyone has departed, Lord, I, I, I pray that if anyone that's not in the right place, that they would come to you. Uh, whether uh, Whichever it is, whether they were never saved or whether they were saved and walked away either way, I want them to come back to you or come to you. And Lord, we want to see great revival. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all things. I thank you for this church. And Lord, I thank you for one another. Lord, you uh, you have really blessed us with a family of God tonight. And Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, watch over us. Bring us back at the next service. Lord, if it be your will. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. 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 amen.